My name is Matt Brown. Welcome everyone to the NBA on TNT. And let's start the show. Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you gotta get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. What is up, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, late Thursday night, November 16th, 2023. Just about to be a feel-good Friday, and we have a very, very good show for you today, talking all things NBA, our first NBA podcast of the 2023-24 NBA season, and we have a lot to get into from the in-season tournament, some of the early moves that were made at the beginning of the season, and just the vibe of the NBA as we are closing in on its first full month. And before we get into all that, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, X and Twitter at ProcomoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations and and um, Facebook at Productive Conversations. So yes, as we get ready for a big Thanksgiving week, as all these sports are happening at the same time, it's finally time for us to kick off the 2023-24 NBA season coverage for the Productive Conversations podcast. And as I mentioned, there's a lot to get into early in season tournament stuff. Damon Giannis, Harden and the Clippers, my my beloved Knicks, the Celtics looking really good in the East, and a lot of other good stuff. So this is a very, very, very good podcast with fresh faces, and we are going to start talking about all the things that have taken place at the first part of the NBA season. So let us get into it right here, right now. Fresh faces, new ideas. It is your turn. You and me talking all things NBA, as well as the amazing absolutely amazing audience we have joining us for the conversation now let's get productive and let's have a great show here we go talking all things nba let's do it this is a very productive conversation what's going on everybody the 2023 and 24 nba season officially tipped off a couple of weeks ago and it's time to get our coverage started with this year's NBA with this year's NBA season. There's an in-season tournament started. There's a already big trade that took place. There's a rising star um, beginning to show who the hell he is. And we have a lot of other good stuff to start off our coverage of the NBA season. Fresh Faces is with me to this evening to talk all about it. What's up? How you doing, Matt? I'm good. I'm good. Glad we're able to kick it off and um, have some good things ahead. So the first thing I want to talk about regarding this NBA season is simply the in-season tournament. So the in-season tournament started um, about two weeks ago. They're usually every Friday and Sunday. We are seeing unique courts. Um, it should last up until the middle of December and the winner gets a player share and they become much richer. So the point of this was to have more spark into the regular season and to also inspire players to give more of an effort in the regular season. We also know, you know, things were changing with the new CBA, which included, um, 
which included player participation, minimum 65 games during big player awards. And we have this tournament to help, you know, keep that going and make sure people aren't too lazy moving forward. So my first question to you is, is what do you think of the in-season tournament so far with its uh, very artistic courts? And do you think it's getting the point across? And do you think players are putting more of an effort in this early part of the season? Uh, the court's all right. Um, I think it's, again, my my thoughts on this haven't really changed from when it was originally announced. I think it's too early in the season, um, especially like the first month. First of all, the guys who are like getting back into shape because they don't they don't stay in shape in the playoff or during the offseason. So like the first month is them trying to figure it out. Also, it's the first month of the season. Like there's so much random um variants like the guys get hot for like the first month or they just can't shoot for the first month because they haven't played basketball i think it's too early to like throw this type of of um of thing in. you really need to find a a low point in the season that's kind of like right after the trade deadline uh and after march madness like that's where this should have been um as for the the participation i don't know I don't think it really – I don't think we're going to see it being an issue. Like, it's going to hurt some guys. Like, I think Jamal Murray is going to get really fucked over by this um, because he got hurt. Yeah. So he – All right. Yeah. So, like, just in his case, oh, who a guy who already has basically never been an all-star simply because he just been hurt all the time but we know is a fantastic player, um, he may get screwed out of, like – an all NBA team and not have uh, be able to sign whatever the next max is for him just simply because of this rule. And not because he was resting. He got hurt. He has to miss an entire month of the season. Like uh, assuming he comes back on time, he may have to play literally every other game, every game for the rest of the season simply because he needs to reach that threshold. Um, so he like, that's, that's a, on the other hand, like, we haven't seen any of the uh, – we haven't seen all three of the Suns players together yet this I season. I know, and, and, um, Beal, uh, and Beal, KD, and Devin Brooks. And um, I'm pretty sure Jimmy uh, Butler Devin just Booker. missed the game. Yes. Um, With, uh, Miami had a slow start there. They've been picking up a little bit, so – but, but yeah. Like, I, I, I look, it's not going to – we're not going to really see the impact of it this season. It'll be next season would be my guess for the the uh, player thing. Because it's it's going to be for, like, there's going to be some weirdness where somebody who probably, like, should get an award or be on, like, an all-NBA team isn't going to make it because they played, like, 63 games or 60 games or some, something like that. And then they'll be like, okay, maybe this is, you know, maybe they'll care more now. But I don't, I don't think it's, like... Um, I don't think we're going to really know this year. I think the in-season tournament is fine. I think it's still a little confusing, kind of similar to how when they introduced the play-in. But the play-in was a success. I don't think this is going to be a success. My reasoning remains the same. It's both uh, too early in the season and not enough money for most of the players to give a shit. That's what I'm saying. And the big thing, you're if you're competing against the NFL, you'll always be second tittle one way or right. the other. Battle can't, of who's going exactly. to be that. Yeah. Like, you're not going to win now. Like, like the NBA season, people start giving a fuck about the NBA season in December, like at Christmas. Exactly. That's when people pay attention. Like, this is too early for it to happen. For sure. And, you know, the real diehard fans and all the hardos, I 
uh, except for one. But I think it's it's from a guy who always just tries to troll me in general, says he loves it. But it's just, um, you know, that they're putting something there with the courts, I guess. Maybe it's a little distracting, but um, I'm just happy to to that the NBA is back. And we already do have some early story headlines there. But, you know, like I said, the focus is the, as a whole with the country of the NFL. But at least there are some interesting stories that have come in, you know, obviously to fill this show. But there is some stuff to talk about there. But it's just it's tough time in the season. And I don't understand. Right. You know, with the NBA All-Star game is so randomly late in the year out of a six month period. It's at towards the end of the fourth month. And. I don't know why you couldn't do it, you know, maybe um, the NBA All-Star Game the week after the Super Bowl or maybe um, the week in between the Super Bowl and the championship weekends. And then, yeah, yeah like you, you said, you have to then. I think it's it needs to be – I think it's fine where it is. Uh, you can't do it too close to the Super Bowl because that's like the Super – it's like the, the one thing that like everyone turns into. It's um, – you need to have it a couple of weeks after that because of uh, like people have to switch back over to caring about basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And then all the traveling and all the sponsorships and all that stuff. But I know it's, it's, it is what it is and it can't be moved. But the the fact is just moving the, the, the point I should have led with is the lead is the having it in March and, you know, March Madness really doesn't start it till late March, mid to late March anyways. But you could do it in the first two weeks. You know, the hardcore college basketball fan will enjoy their conference championships. But that's where you could put the in-season tournament there or you put it in Feb- in April where baseball starts. You put starts, it, after, yeah, you put it after, um, after March Madness. That's when yeah, they yeah. should put it. Because that's when teams don't care. For sure. Exactly. And, you know... Beginning of May is when the two-month postseason begins anyway, so it could be some precursor there. And then people like ramp it more. Team, like ramp teams up to like playing playoff basketball and yeah. maybe tie it to some type of draft comp- compensation. And that you also just give – you like you, like you mentioned, just the incentive there. And if some teams want to play spoilers for playoff positions and stuff, that's what it could be – that's what – that could be the compromise here. But like you said, it's the first year anyways. There are some interesting stuff. It's not a dull, but um, we'll ultimately see where this goes as the weeks progress. But one player who I specifically saw in the tournament have an entertaining game and has had a hot start to his NBA career and somebody very near and dear to you, Victor Wembeyama. What do you think about his first couple weeks in the NBA? And... Um, how versatile he's been coming. So this is not just a Wemby point, but like a general point. There's potentially four all NBA defenders in this rookie class with Wemby, Chet, and the Thompson twins. I was going to ask, do you count Chet in this? Even though he, well, yeah, you do. This is his rookie year because he got hurt in the He's uh, the rookie of the year race. He counts as this rookie class. Um, Like the defense of this, in this class just is just off the charts. So like, with Wemby, we've seen a little bit of everything. Um, the defense is like insane. So, uh, oh yeah, I don't know. I was there was this thing about shot charts where like guys who take to get uh, contested the most shots at the rim uh, is and figuring. And I was like, yeah, four years old. Chet, Chet, or um, Victor's nineteen. Like he's gonna take his lumps. He's gonna. This is a young team. Like 
Uh, and even like the the older guys like uh, Devin and and Kelvin Johnson and Zach Collins, they're still kind of young. Like they didn't play that. Devin didn't play that much last year. Um, Kelvin's still figuring things out. They have Sohan at point guard, which fuck it, I don't care. I want them. I don't think they need a point guard yet. Like it does look better without it, but he's having you know. There, there's a um, prior to last night's game or the, the game against Miami. Part of the problem with their opening lineup was Wemby and Zach not hitting. Sort of their first like week, they were like 0 for 15 off threes from uh, Sohan's passes. Like it, it was just bad. It wasn't anything like it's going to be a learning curve. I think the thing for this season in general is almost every single team is where we thought they were or better than expected. There are very few teams that are worse than people expected them. Now people now I'm sure we'll explain that later, but like, I think just the, the talent level is so deep that teams are just way better than people thought that, or they're exactly who we thought were, which is fine. Like they're also still teams early are, too. Yeah. It's still early. Um, you know, things are, it's fine. You know, he's, he, he's gonna, he's going to be as, he look, he's going to win rookie of the year, assuming he plays the requisite amount of games and doesn't get hurt. Like he just is. Um, this is kind of like a like a Blake Griffin thing, where he is just better than all the others. Like they they like this is a yeah, good no, class, he, and I think that's what's Wemby show right from the bat that he's you know somebody to a force to be reckoned with. Um, this guy knows how, to, as you mentioned, knows how to shoot, defends. Um, he gets some solid blocks. He knows how to be clutch. I think that was one of the few things that impressed me, like a game, the game against the Rockets specifically to this start the year. Quarter, so going into because this is, I don't know where the stat went after this, but going into, I want to say it was the second Spurs, the second Suns game. He was twelve for fifteen for twenty nine points in the fourth quarter. Like his his fourth quarter scoring was like. Uh, like number one in the league. Yeah. Like he's when when they figure out how to get to him, like throughout the game in the end, he's going to do some damage. Like, yeah, they're going to have games where, you know, somebody like the Clippers blow them out or somebody like a, like Indiana could blow anybody out any, on any given night. So like things like that are going to happen just because of how the team, the, the league is set. Exactly. And he's just so much fun to watch. He's a true attraction. And do you see um, apparently him and Chet uh, are starting a little rivalry going on so far? You know, as you mentioned, both in their in their draft class. Uh, I mean, Chet wasn't as hyped as um, Chet wasn't as hyped as uh, Wemby, but he was definitely the best college basketball player coming into it until he got hurt during the uh during the uh, summer league, but I hear there's some beef going on between those two. Have you heard about that? I mean, yeah, fine. That's that's good. We need the the more generational guys. Like it's, they're in good spots. Like they're both young, like prototypes that we haven't really seen before on teams that can basically go after each other for years. Like the the Thunder and the Spurs Mm -hmm. are set up to be good for basically the next decade. So if we get some type of like, Dirk, Dirk, uh, Dirk, uh, Duncan, Dirk, um, Garnett, Duncan, Garnett, like matchups with them. That's fine. And you can throw uh, Sangoon in there as well. It's like another potential dark horse big guy that's coming. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So why don't we talk about some of the teams, as you mentioned? What do you think about the Knicks early on? You know, didn't make much moves in the offseason. Slow start. 
Julius Randle, there are some concerns there. It was played a little bit better. Um, what do you think about the Knicks early on? Yeah, about where I thought they were. Um, I mean, RJ is playing better. Julius Julius is having his um his his off year uh, thing. Um, Sometimes it feels like, like it's always an off well, year. Well, because he did this he did this two years ago after he signed the contract, he sucked, and then mm-hmm. he was good last year and the year before, and and so he's doing this. He just he this is a team that's you know a middle of the road team. You you don't have the talent to compete with Boston and Denver, but you're not as bad as like Washington, like. You're like Cleveland-ish. You're like right. Cleveland-ish. Y'all are already thinking about your draft position, and uh, I doubt there'll be some trade deadline well, made, even, but at least have some consistency you, there. Worry about draft position. You'll probably end up somewhere in the four to eight range for the. Well, what what I'm saying is, is clearly the Knicks have one piece missing. Need some big superstar to help Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, though very good, hasn't proved to be a superstar yet. Um, obviously the Julius Randall beef, we could go on all day. We've been going off there with years with this pod and, you know, RJ Barrett's fine, but he hasn't reached his full potential that that third overall pick is. And, you know, if they play a, a solid year, if they even win, if they win another playoff series going in and I don't know, maybe make that second series competitive again, this one went to six, maybe went to seven. Maybe we're so lucky they get in the conference finals. I don't know, but. It kind of, it, it just seems so lame duck, as you mentioned, you know, we've, well, yeah, we've so- had it, it's, I mean, it's better than the positions we were definitely were with, you know, the Derek Fisher years, Jeff Hortisick years, winning under 25 games and getting used to it. So obviously that's better than where we were a decade ago, but you just want to see this team improve, at least seem more intimidated. Dante DiVincenzo is fine, but um, you just wish there was, they would level up on their way to hopefully becoming a East so, powerhouse. Yeah, there's two options. You either it's basically you're gonna get Donovan Mitchell in free agency in like two years, or you're gonna have to trade for something. And at this point it looks like Embiid is off the table. Um, yeah, and I never took those seriously, but um well I think that that had a real real chance of going sideways. Um it certainly does not look that way. So I think at this point you're kind of looking at towns. I, I yeah, think towns I'm- He's uh, he's a better he's an upgrade for Mitch Robinson, um. But yeah, I'll t- I mean, I have anything. You just want this team to level up. You know how it is, and um, you know, I mean, Knicks basketball is fun, but we just want to be. You know that you want to be eventually on that Celtics Bucks level, uh, Miami Heat, and we're clearly a tier below. And what could this team do to you know get closer to to it? But as you mentioned, those two those two options. Yeah, need a guy. You know, two years is a long time. And a lot can happen in two years. And um, if we're going the Donovan Mitchell route, I mean, might as well take Carl Anthony Towns. But, you know, who knows what the T-Wolves are, are cooking up. But um, I guess, you know, time will tell. Time will ultimately tell and just enjoy this I mean, it's not like you're, like, in a terrible position. Your books are relatively clean. You have a whole bunch of extra draft picks coming in. Doesn't mean you don't, like, fuck up the draft and stuff. You can be, like, Mm -hmm. a a team waiting for a guy for a couple years. Like, I don't really know, like, who's coming out. Like, you know, maybe things get really bad in certain places. Like, there's a chance that, that, um, you know, goes sideways in – uh, in Chicago with the Bulls, and if, the, if we give it to Zach, I, I mean, yeah, but I would, or, I wouldn't touch 
I wouldn't touch any of those guys. Any of that like, roster? I would take, you're like a contender. It's really a mess over there. You heard about them having team meetings already? Yeah, oh. no. They're they're one of the teams that are worse than we thought it was. Like, mm-hmm. they they need to blow it up. Um, they have nothing. I don't even know if they have their pick. I think they may not have their pick this year either. Um, but, like, that's a team that needs to blow it up. I don't know where they're going to send. Like, this is the craziest thing about the Harden trade. Like, it was so bad. You like, want to get into that right now? You want to get into it right now? Talk about Harden. And the, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. But, let's um, do. Okay. So Harden and the Clippers, right? Well, we talked about it a couple weeks ago on a tweet cap, and ultimately it happened. So James Harden is a Clipper. They in the first four games they have not won a game yet in the uh, James Harden era. Just to go over the official trade, um. And let me say, you as you mentioned, <laughs> it's 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 just it just seems awkward. It just seems awkward watching those four games. But yes, here's a blockbuster trade that did happen. And um <clears throat> excuse me. So the Sixers sent James Harden, PJ Tucker, and Flip Petrusiv. For, to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Cunning, Covington, Nick Batum, KJ Martin, a 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, a 2029 pick swap, and an additional first round pick from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And as mentioned, zero wins out of it so far. And um, I did you see when he went to the locker room first and Russ was there and it was just, you could clearly cut the tension with a knife. What a great start there. So like, here's, here's the thing. There's so much wrong with this trade on like so many different levels. So one, just adding hard into this team undercuts Russ because Russ like, like kind of found his groove and he was like happy there. And the last time they played together, they were like, at each other, they were like, I can't be here anymore in one did, year. So, and did you see like, like yesterday Russ getting taken out for hard at the end of the yeah. fourth quarter? <laughs> Which, so the other, like just, just the chemistry shit. Um, yeah. Second, like this, t- I, this trade didn't have to happen now. Like there was no reason for the Clippers to, to make this trade now. They could have easily waited. Like, they had all the leverage. There was nobody else going for James Harden. Um, no. <laughs> they could have made this trade in February at the trade deadline, and it would have been different. But, like, they may have been able to actually get some picks back. So the fact they gave up three first-rounders for this trade is fucking insane. Um, Like, Philly had no leverage here, and they got three first-rounders for him. Is is wild. Like, if they had waited another week, there's no way they would make this trade. Mm-hmm. Like, you see the way Tyrese Maxey, I think they panicked Yeah, a 50 point. You got a 50 burger this weekend. Yeah. Slipping right the, in. And Tobias Harris has stepped up so far for the Sixers. And it's not like they didn't, like, they got a bunch, like, they didn't get Terrence Mann, and that was, like, the sticking point, mm-hmm. Um, who's probably a better player than the guys they got. But they didn't get, like, you know, end of the bench guys like Marcus, the, the Morris twin can cover, can, you know, can go off and yeah. like, you don't want him in crunch time because he shit himself um, in the bubble. And, you know, they're like fake tough guys, but like him and Covington and Batum, they're like legitimate players. You could play during the regular season who would help you like in a rotation. Like they're not, 
um, like totally bumps. And then in on the Clippers side, like why James Harden? Like I get his he's James Harden, but like James Harden sucks. Thank like, you. He wasn't good last year in the in like he was good, but he wasn't like good when it matters. He's been good when it matters ever. Like you don't need that type of shit. Not in the playoffs, so not in the regular season. Um, clearly, as as I mentioned, not to repeat what we talked about the last time. I don't like I don't like it here in Houston. Go to Brooklyn, Brooklyn to Philly, Philly to now. They were able to trade Ben Simmons for him. And I mean, this this is actually going to a good point. You saw Dallas Mavericks announcer Brian Damaris. He really had a lot yeah. to get off his chest, clearly. Like we saw him just obliterate James Harden for being a prima donna on the court, obliterating him for not being clutch when it needs to be. And he said the famous words, you're not the beard, you're not the system, you're not the problem. You are the problem. Um, again, yeah, he said, he- you're not the beard, you're not the system, you're the problem. What's your reaction to that? He's right. Like, James Harden is, like, he's been a fantastic player in the regular season. And then he just, it doesn't matter. And he quit. Like, I cannot believe they traded three first round pictures. That's how many teams he's quit on the last three years. Like just, it is just mind boggling. Um, but speaking of things that people said, did you happen to catch what Lou Williams said to uh, uh, Paul George recently on his podcast? They were talking about the bubble. And this I is missed a that. What do you say? So this is why it's like insane that they, the, the Clippers, the Clippers traded for James Harden, a legendary franchise that chokes traded for a, ch- a legendary choker. Um, the, uh, he was talking about the bubble and saying how because the Clippers believe that they would have won the bubble, um, uh, which they didn't. Like they lost in historically embarrassing fashion. That's um, right. Like, so he was saying, yeah, you know, we didn't take it as seriously because people were like making fun of us and like saying the ring wouldn't count. First off, it's a goddamn ring. Like, if you win one, you win. It doesn't matter how you win it. There's an asterisk next to every season. They, for sure. At, at, you have right, the banner. It's like, part of the banner for the Lakers. Did win yeah, ultimately win it. It's a, it's a banner. LeBron James has four rings. Like, Anthony Davis is NBA champ. Dwight Howard is a champion. Uh, <laughs> Rondo has two rings. Like, that shit matters. Like, it still counts. It's still that. And also, it's how you present it. Like, how long has Boston been milking that 08 title? It's been a like, long time. Yeah, you're right. Like, 2008 is a long time that's ago. That's such an insane thing to say. Like, oh, yeah, we just, like, gave up. But that was the last time they were, like, consistently close to winning a title was that was the bubble. And I don't – like, because the question every single team needs to be asking themselves is, does this make me better than Denver? And the answer to this is unequivocally no. Nope. And then, as you mentioned, it seems it's just, you know, Terrace Mann specifically in that video, I talked about him entering the locker room, wouldn't even look him in the eye. That's all it has to say about the Clippers. And you'd think the Clippers are, you know, they're getting ready to finally step out of the Lakers' shadow, as you said. You know, what were they originally? San Diego, sharing the, sharing the arena with the Lakers. Steve Ballmer buys them after the whole Donald Sterling mess. And they're about to get a brand new arena next year. Maybe they could finally get their own identity, and yet you're trading all these assets for that new player, and you're relying on these veterans to take I mean, you so think far. About it. They have no draft picks through the rest of the decade, or no first rounders through the rest of the decade. They, in return for this, because this is this is combined with the the Paul George trade, which 
I don't know if they do again in hindsight because of how good Shea has been, but like they have one Western Conference Finals appearance. Yeah, that's it. Ever they don't have it. Not not a, a Finals appearance. One Western Conference Finals appearance. And I know, and and um, I, that's, that's just what though, that's what the if, me, that's if, what the mess is, and um. Like who do you who would you say is like the Clipper? You know the Lakers obviously have a long list from Magic to um, Kobe. Knicks have like a Walter Frazier. Cavs have LeBron. Who is the Clipper? I, Blake. I think it's Blake. <laughs> yeah, and you know he only made it to the second round of the playoffs. Well, I mean, before that, their one final Western Conference Finals is their only Western Conference Finals appearance. Like, that's it. They've never been there prior to that or since. Right. And, uh, the, you I, know, I, the, I the Clippers, know. Like, what a mess. And, and do you think, and that's just what's disappointing. As they are finally, you know, branching out, it's going to take a long time to get a new star to help that out. And, you know, Kawhi and Paul George and Harden are all in their mid thirties, and they only have so much time left. And it's not like they're and they like, look a coach, like Harden but... and Russ are durable, but like Paul George oh, and Kawhi are not. Like <laughs> the complete Kawhi opposite is of probably going to retire at the end of his contract unless somebody offers him like something stupid. And at this point, I don't know how you can. And then like Paul George, they shouldn't have just traded Paul George. They should have. They should have traded Paul George, tanked out the season, and then gone into next year with fucking Ron Holland or Matisse Bailey's or whatever fucking kid they draft and like be like, hey, man, we're going to be the new young upstart kids instead of this like perpetually, oh, we, we would have won if we weren't injured for the 17th year in a row team. Like, because that's really like, like the even the Lob City teams were like just perpetually injured. They lost. They lost to fucking Portland that one year because CP3, JJ Redick, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan all got hurt in that series. Like they're perpetually cursed. Like I cannot imagine like thinking, yeah, you know which team needs James Harden right now? The fucking Clippers. No, and is this gonna pay? That's, it's it's like, gonna pay. You'll you'll have to have Steve Ballmer buy him out when he gets pissed off in a few months. No, I think I, I don't know where Harden goes where this goes when this goes south. I because I can't imagine who who in their right mind goes. You know what? The fifth time's the chalk. You'd you'd like to think there was a level-headed GM out there who would who would stay away, but I don't know. No, I and, think there were all the level-headed GMs so went Like if, except Daryl Morey, who loves him, but I don't think Daryl Morey's ever going to go back to him. I think he stabbed him in the back too much. Definitely, he he treated him like a cuckold. Like, what a mess! I don't know, but we'll we'll see how far the Clippers and if they if their big three can stay healthy the whole way. If they could hit the sixty five game marks for all three of them, especially the Kawhi, they also don't even complement each other. Like that's the, the crazy thing. Like, if you're gonna make a trade for a guy like that, you need to have guys who like complement each other, and they don't. They're all best with the ball in their hands. Yeah, except I think Cal George can kind of play off the ball, but but they're they're, they're it, ball down. How are they even going to get that? All points, just all points staggering. Why don't we talk about the reigning champions, though? You know, 
despite the Jamal Murray injury, do you still think the Nuggets are still going to coast by this regular season and maybe make another deep run? Obviously, I think they're going to repeat. I like, they're just better than everybody else. They they just are. Um, I don't think they really. Jokic lost hasn't that much. lost a stride. Yeah, Jokic is still fine. Porter's playing better. Uh, Braun is is their, their bench guys are doing fine. Um, I don't know. I think they're fine. Uh, I'm maybe they can find swing something in the off season. I think if they can get Jared Grant back, I don't think they have the, the cap space to do that. That would be like really good, but I think they're fine. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're just going to keep kicking the shit out of everybody because they're just, they know who they are. And I, I think they're, I think they're just a head, head and shoulders, but better than everybody else. Like the second best team is probably Boston and they're better than Boston. Definitely by a long shot. But what about the Lakers? LeBron, you know, Year 20, he's looking pretty good, but, you know, they still have some pieces missing. Anthony Davis still already playing the injury bug. What do you think about the early Lakers? And do you even think the Lakers could advance anywhere with Anthony Davis? Do you? I don't think they would have the balls to get rid of him, but are, do you agree with no, something cause... like a little Wayne said that <laughs> you have to get rid of Anthony Davis to go anywhere? No, because they were at their best when Anthony Davis was playing at their best. Like, um, they're still they still got a trade. I don't know who it's going to be or where it's going to be. Um, uh, but they, you know, they'll be fine. Their guys are still having found their grooves. Like Gabe Vincent's not playing great, and Torian Prince isn't doing great. But you know, it's still early. Um, they're playing LeBron a little bit too much, but I don't think it matters because he's a goddamn mutant. Um, yeah, it, right. you know, it depends on who they they swing stuff for. I mean, if they end up in like with like Zach Levine in February. You know, maybe that's – I don't think that changes anything. Like, I don't know who the guy out there is that's going to move the needle for them to beat Denver because that's that's what it matters. I don't think they're better than Denver at this point, and I don't know where they go to get that guy. But so one thing you mentioned with Levine, you know, as we mentioned, the Bulls need to blow it up. But do you expect him, as long as he has a very good season to impress scouts throughout the league, he would be the definitive special piece for whether it's the Lakers or um, another team in the league. He's the one to to sought after. Well, we weren't able biggest... to trade him last year, but, um, you know, you were saying? I mean, I think it's – so I think DeMar is more likely to be moved simply because his contract is – He's a free agent next year, so it's it's an easier contract to move because Zach still has like four four years, two hundred million dollars, or some crazy shit left. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just a little bit harder to move that contract. Um, I mean, I I don't expect either of them to be on the team by this time next year. Um, certainly, Demar is not going to be there. Zach may still be there just because of his contract, um, mm-hmm. but this team is a disaster. It is like I, I'm sorry, man, like. I know we we got like two months of whatever their peak was before Lonzo Ball's knees you know, turned to dust. Um, but like sell it off, sell sell off uh, everything. Like they probably could get at least a first rounder, if not more, for Caruso. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and do it early, then start just play, have a rebuilding year. Yeah, because you you don't have anything. You have nothing. Like there, there's no like guy on that team that you go, okay, we can like Patrick Williams has been terrible. Mm-hmm. He's not getting two hundred million dollars. 
<laughs> no, no. Um, but talking about two teams that have been fun surprises, the Toronto Raptors and the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets with Ime Udoka. I think we've all kind of have his his scandal behind us, swiped under the rug, and they're just playing. But I thought, what do you think about these two teams in particular so far? And uh, have they been impressing you? Yeah, the Rockets have been pretty good. Um, I think he's like bringing in adults to like calm down and figure everything out has been really good for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Sangoon's playing really well. Jalen yeah. Green's been been uh, good. Dylan Brooks is on a hot streak that's probably not sustainable. But yeah, he's particularly um, he's been uh, been able to uh, suit well with his new team after leaving the Grizzlies and becoming the NBA's number one villain. Well, you know, the Grizzlies are probably one of the most disappointing, if not the most disappointing team in the season. Oh, yeah. No um, jaw. And they're just, I they finally got the their first word a couple weeks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, D Rose but, is your big attraction for the Grizzlies. <laughs> but they're, they're, um, I mean, the Rockets are good. You know, it's, it's interesting. I don't know how far or how long they'll go, but, you know, when you bring in professionals, it's, it's different. It makes it, it solidifies stuff. As for the Raptors, it's it's a scouting league. Again, I don't know how much better this team is, um, like, you know, overall. I still think that Siakam and OG probably aren't on this team. They, well, at least one of them isn't on this team next year. Um, Scotty's shooting well. That's fine. Um, but it's still, like, a weird team that, like, is probably better than it was last year, but I don't know how much better that they're, like, going to be winning all the time i think you know we have it it might be a good idea like sell off siakam and sell off uh i don't know if i'd sell yeah off i was OG. surprised they weren't able to get these move those moves done in the offseason i, I think i think siakam's the guy that they move i think you can still you can still re-sign og for like four years and in like two years you can move that deal because it's not going to be that bad but i think siakam's probably not on this team next year yeah um because uh, he's still like a guy that they could get stuff for. I don't know where they would send him to. Because that's a guy who, like, if I had to choose, that's who I would want. Um, he's nice final piece. Yeah, for because he's very he is very good. And oh yeah, he, he's just like really malleable. Won a championship um, too. Knows that knows how to perform in the playoffs. Yeah, he was the second best player on that team. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he's been a very good like. He's a little overtaxed as a number one, but if you could find a team where he like fits good. I mean, it's not like inconceivable that he would be like a, a Lakers target, like as an upgrade over Rui and um, some of their other guys. Like he could, he could do some of that shit. Um, or I don't even know who to would even look look at him. Like, yeah, he he's it's in they're interesting. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I I think they're more interesting as a trade target than they are as like a contender this year. Definitely. So I wanted to go over ESPN's top 25 players under 25 with you coming into new season. And um, I think it's a really exciting time for the NBA. So why don't we discuss that? You and me, let's go through 25 down and see if you uh, agree and see if there's any potential with these players. So at 25, we have Singoon from the Rockets, just 21 years old. Center, you mentioned, you know. He's only 21. Maybe, wow. He's only 21. Maybe we're seeing a rise at the center, growing more in the NBA, going to back. Maybe we're going back to a big man game. I don't know. 
But um, it's not that it's going back to a big band game. It's the skills are are shifting. Like it's no, you don't need the traditional guard as much, but you do need like your your best player needs to be able to facilitate more, and he's very good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd have to see who else is on this list. Yeah, we also have. So if I go twenty five through twenty, it's Albert Sagoon. Keegan Murray from the from the from the uh, from the, the Kings. Kings, Scoot Henderson from the Blazers, Tyler Hero, Jalen Duran, Walker Kessler. Out of those five, um, who who do you think has the best potential? I think Zagoon is probably the best player out of all of them. I would say it's Zagoon, mm. and then Jalen Duran's playing really really well, and he's only nineteen. That Pistons teams are going to be very exciting to see. I'm sure you're, yeah, we're going to mention a couple more. That's actually more a team that might be a sneaky trade candidate because they got some pieces, and Jaden Ivey is not. You would um, trade them, though? You wouldn't let them see what you have there? You know, you have Monty Williams. Well, I mean, they have, like, year. extra guys like Burks and stuff. They could trade Bogdanovich. Maybe that would open up some minutes for mm-hmm. Ivey. Or, I I, or if they, maybe if they give it up on Ivey, maybe Monty doesn't like Ivey, and you could potentially get him. Like, if you can, if you would trade for Jalen Ivey, that would be worse a first a first round flyer on him, um, like yeah, definitely. But no, uh, so wait, it was Sangoon, Hero, Kessler, um, Henderson, Murray. Scoot, and uh, Murray. I think Scoot's been the most disappointing top pick from this draft. He's mm-hmm. been bad. Yeah, uh, I know he's hurt now, but but he's been bad. Um. In in a way that I didn't really expect him. Like I didn't expect Brandon Miller to be as good as he was, um, but I thought Scoot would be. And you know, it's ten games. I don't know how, when he got hurt, but he's it's 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 been a little rough for him. But Shane Sharp's been killing it. Shane Sharp looks really good. Yeah, and um, remember, Scoot's only nineteen years old too. Yeah, like, but I but he was playing the G League the last year, so I thought he would be a little bit better than he is. Mm. Yeah, you know, there's still plenty of time. But no, I think Sengun's the best player out of the And like the thing with Walker Kessler is I don't know how much better he's gonna get. Like, like it's not ceiling here with the jazz. It's not that he's not good. It's he's more of an archetype guy, and he's really good at that archetype. Like like the 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 defensive, like at rolling anchor guy. But like, you know, those guys only can do so much. I, I, I just don't know. Like, he's really good at what he's doing, and he's good for the chief contract. But I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think he's the playmaker that some of these other guys is, and I don't know how much of a shooter he is. Mm-hmm. So the next five, we have Jalen Green, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, Franz Wagner, and Scotty Barnes. Is that the so next Scotty's five? So 20 through 15. So Scotty's the highest ranked at all. Yeah, he's 15. Yeah, I would say Scotty's the best. And then it's um, then you yeah, have Franz Wagner there, yeah, yeah. I would I think that sounds about right because um, Giddy can't shoot like at all, but no. I mean he's the slob wizard. So yeah, I mean his passing and his ability, like he's huge. Like being a big guard is, is great. Um, <coughs> I, I think that sounds about right. I, I mean Jalen Green, we can see maybe I, it's kind of hard to to judge him just because like now we're trying to figure it out. But yeah. those are, I, it's, Scotty's definitely better than they are. And then I would say Franz is probably the next best. So 14 through 10, we have Paolo, Chet Holgram at 13, Evan Mobley, 12, 11 is Tyron Maxey. I have to say, Paolo is, uh, 
was playing really good in his birthday. He's had a quite good start um, in this particular season. I just like I'm hesitant, but I think Chet's better than Mobley. Mm. I, I, I think, think so. He, I, with Mobley, hey, he you know he's been a I powerhouse Mobley, for the, the Cavaliers so far. Well, at this point, I think without knowing the top ten, Maxi feels a little low based on just what he's been doing this season. Um, mm-hmm. This was this this was obviously before the season, right? This, this, this was uh, released actually um, t- uh, yesterday. Okay, but it was this like past weekend. But yeah, but yeah, yeah pretty so, much before the season. Pretty much. Yeah. So, like, based on what he's done now, he'd probably be higher. We'd have to see. I don't know who's in the top ten, but I think Chet's offense, I think, offsets whatever defense Mobley has. I, I think, I think Chet's offense is at a place that. Mobley, they were hoping Mobley would get to, and I don't think he's there yet. Do you think he'll eventually get there? I would hope so because he's a good player. Yeah, and just I, it's really he just can't shoot at all. Right, it, it's a weird Cavs team. Now ten through six, top ten through six. Jaron Jackson at number ten, Lamelo's at nine, Darius Garland's at eight, Zion at seven, Cade Cunningham at six. Okay, so this is, is this based on long-term potential or just where they are now? I would assume where they are now, top 25, under 25. So, yes, where they okay. are now, I would say. Because I would say Cyrus Max is better than LaMelo. Oh, yeah, and LaMelo's I, I, had a hard time staying on the court, too. Yeah, like, I, I don't, like, I, I, he, I just think he's just not <laughs> as good. And also, like, yeah, if you're worried about, like, potential, if you're, like, overall, like, this is the perfect guy. Like, Zion's always going to be on this list. But I had no faith in Zion being – there's there's a good chance Zion plays another month of basketball and then he's done for the season. Like, yeah, obviously, I'd like to see him play. And even, like, even though he's healthy, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, he doesn't have any moves and he doesn't have any, like, real skills to rely. He just bullies his way to the basket. So, in, like, the end of the game, he's predictable. And also, he's, like, he's not the same guy. Like his athleticism is still like crazy, but it's not like defensively and and offensively he's not moving in the same way that he was. Um, it's not that fun. And Jared to watch Jackson as Jr. I don't know be. what the fuck to think. He's basically he's basically a seven foot shooting guard. He can't rebound at all. <laughs> uh, it's it's part of the dysfunction in Memphis right now. Yeah. Um, who else was on that list? So from. 10 through so 10 through 10 through 6 the only other person we didn't mention besides Jaron LaMelo Darius Garland Zion oh, Darius Garland, I think it's fine I think he's fine and then he's still very Kate Cunningham he's, he's one of the the better young guys um he's probably I don't know how old Darren Fox is but like just I have to say Darren head. Fox is not on this list so I would assume over 25 um so I would say the guys who are probably above him, just off the top of my head, Tyler Halliburton is definitely better than than Garland. But I would I would rather have Garland than Lamel. Yes. Yeah, so to to answer your question, so five, so the top five, right? By the way, Darian Fox is right at is is twenty five years old, so that's what makes him out of here. But according to this, ESPN's top five players under twenty five, number five is John Morant. 
with 24 uh-huh. for the Grizzlies. Number four is Tyrese Halliburton. Number three is Victor Wembeyama. And number two, Anthony Edwards. And do you want to guess who number one is? It's Luca. It's Luca, yes. He's 24 years old. Okay. I agree with the top three. I, I think you can possibly by the end of the season make the argument that Ant's better than than Luca. Really? Um Ant is unbelievable right now. Cause like the thing the thing with them is Luca may be a better passer, but like Ant can guard Luca. And Luca can't guard anyone. No. Like like Ant when he wants like he's a good defender generally, but when he wants to be, he could be a really like top tier defender. Um and Luca just doesn't have that. Um and then uh yeah, who was uh Halliburton was four and who was five? It is John Morant. Yeah. I, I I yeah, fine. Um take that. Yeah, I mean look, they they were one like they were like the two seed for like two straight years. Right. And um, you see how bad they how much they miss him now. Obviously on his half half season suspension for the gun issue. Yeah, I mean he's going to come back. I mean they may be out of the playoffs by the time he gets back in. They're they're just absolutely terrible. Yeah, um, right. No like Steve Adams they, either. Man. Yeah, it I like it's it's kind of like this is a weird thing to say, but it's kind of too bad they didn't suspend him for longer so that they could be like, yeah, you know what? We're just going to pack it in this year. Cuz this would be like that would be a good built-in excuse for them to like pack it in. Oh, and, and a lot clearly, of the young clearly talent tank. guys that we think yeah, because the guy they similar to the Warriors, where they have a bunch of guys that like you think could be good, that when you actually play them, it turns out they're not. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they're dealing with. Like they've missed on a bunch of guys. Like um uh Zaire didn't pan out. Um the their their other wings, like uh Rudy, their other big guys just haven't been great. Obviously Clark is still injured. I don't know if he's coming back this year. Um but you know. I guess on the bright side, they didn't trade the first three first rounders for OG in what's going to be a lost season. Right. I mean, if they're fully healthy, they should absolutely trade for OG and Adobe. Um, but I, no, I, I think that's the the top of this list makes sense to me. Um, I think the the biggest thing is I think Sengun's too low. Um, I think Lamelo is overrated. I think simply because he's flashy, but they they suck. Like yeah, they, the they just suck. Like they, even they, with they a better Gordon Hayward this year. Like, like I, I understand last year, like he missed a bunch of time and they were bad. But the two years before that, they were basically the same team and they weren't that good. No, long ways to go for the Charlotte Hornets. And they had to switch management. Um, ownership, yeah, I should know, say. They they got, they, look, <laughs> other than, other than, you know, they, they got, they got some pieces, you know, Brandon Miller's better than expected. LaMelo's still good. Mark Williams is doing something. They they made the right decision, you know, basically that that Miles Bridges is coming back. PJ Washington's a dude. Like, you know, Dolly maybe they flip Hayward in and wrote like they have no bench. Like they have no guard bench depth at all. Um no. Book Knight being bad really fucked them. Um so maybe they give those minutes more to, to Brandon Miller, let him run point for that. Uh, but yeah, they they could. It's not like they couldn't trade Gordon Hayward and Terrier and just be bad. Because like, so the thing with them is they don't want to be good yet because their their pick 
their pick for the next two years is top 14 protected to the Spurs. So if they are, like if they, they do make that eight seed and they end up with the 15th pick, they don't keep it. So mm-hmm. it's better to be like shitty and get like a t- not that this, this is a great draft class, but like you know, there's some pieces in it that you could you could just stockpile. Like if you because then it, it, I don't know if it it doesn't. I think it's like two seconds if it doesn't convey. So like you know, be bad. It's not like you haven't locked up. I think Lamelo's locked up for the next three. It's like he's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might, but like. He, you might as well let at this point, you know, we we know with the NBA in particular who's really going to be contending out here. I mean, it's just the reality of the sport. And as much as you want to get an in-season tournament banner up there, you know, you have to be real with it. So I wouldn't blame them for taking it a little easy for two years with low expectations. And with yeah, that, there's actually... Like actually rebuild. Like, you had a thing, and then it got derailed by the fact that Miles Bridges is a scumbag. Mm-hmm. And, like... You know, figure out what you have done. It's not like you like they don't have like financial commitments. If you need to take two years to to like figure it out, figure do it, it out. like an OKC, as you mentioned. You know, as I mentioned, they already have four players on this top twenty-five list, and you know now we actually have to see it unfold into something. But you get the potential from it while you know being patient with it, and especially the rebuilding part. So they actually um. Two last things to two last things to discuss, then we'll uh, put a bow on it. The Bucks. This first time I was talking with you, they did get Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. So far in the Giannis and Dame era, I think it's fair to define the Bucks right now as an amazing offensive team, but they really, really are struggling on defense. What do you think about the Bucks so far? They're and is exactly that an accurate? Mm-hmm. They're exactly anybody who said this is like, okay, well, how are you going to guard it? Because Dame is not a good defender, but nobody cared when he was dropping 30 every night. Um, but they have no wings. Like, you have nobody who you can trust to, to guard. And now Jay Crowder's out like six to eight weeks. Um, I mean, I if they had any picks, like getting an Alex Caruso would be a godsend to this team. Um, like, it would. I, I, but they, I, I don't know. I think this trade really has a potential to go sideways. Um, I think so. Very, like they, they, because like if you're wing, you don't know what you're getting out of Chris Middleton at any point, um, especially when he's healthy. Like, but they can't guard anybody and you're not going to win if you can't guard it. No, and like we've seen that. Single, they, they, they... Every single guard they play is going to average like 40 points against them. He can't guard anybody. They, they, he just can't. Yeah, so far you have to bet those overs with those games. They're just they'll score one twenty five, but another t- their their opponent will score one twenty seven on them, and then they they're out of luck with that. It's been a very it's been a huge weakness, and you also lose your best defender in the Celtics trade in Drew in um Drew Holiday, and he's clearly being missed and being used on the Celtics for what they could have used for the Bucks on defense. Yeah, they could have they possibly could have gotten something more had they done a different trade. Um, you think it would it would have been possible without sacrificing Drew Holiday? I I don't I don't know I don't think so because they don't really I think you needed Drew Holiday to make the numbers work, right? Um, but like I think they they would have been better just staying put than what they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's possible at the end of the year that's different, but we've seen what happens when Drew Holiday plays Damian Lillard in the playoffs. 
Like, yeah. they got he eviscerated. Shut down D. Like, like Damian Lillard in the playoffs hasn't really outplayed like star guards either. So it's not like we're we're in that level either. Just gets those two lucky buzzy buzzer beaters, and credit to him. But yeah, they weren't as dominant the Blazers with what they have been, and couldn't get out of the second round. So. It only shows. And with the Sixers, the last team to discuss here, the Philadelphia 76ers. And how do you think they have been able to handle the departure of James Harden? And, you know, we talked about some players stepping up. You know, um, Maxi looks looking really good. And Tobias Harris has been stepping up. You know, Nick Nurse, new coach, seems to uh, bring some light with the Sixers. What do you think about them so far? And B hasn't gotten really hurt yet. a good coach. Yeah, right. He's a really good coach. And I ring. cannot believe he, he went there. I I cannot believe the Bucks didn't hire him. Um but like seemed like Tyrus Max playing really ass. well. Yeah, probably. Tyrus Max is playing fantastic. And Joel Embiid's playing better. Like he's doing a lot of better passing and stuff. Like his he's like doubled his assist average. But they're good. They're moving and it's I don't know. Like, obviously, this is it's it's early, and it'll be interesting to see. I think they're a little bit deeper than they were last year. Um, I don't think they're really going to skip a beat with Harden. Uh, I think they they've kind of figured out how to replace that. Yeah. Um, like, like it's not in the same. Like, like you you can make the argument in Washington that like Jordan Poole can basically replace Bradley Beal's numbers, and it, in a sense, he is. They they're still. Just going as far with Jordan Peele, uh, Jordan Poole as they are with a uh, Bradley Beal, um, but like I think they're moving and they're doing better this year. Um, now, obviously, how does that in, how does that work in the playoffs? I don't know. Um, I know the Bucks beat them on opening night. We have to see. Uh, they beat the Celtics. The Celtics still need a better bench. Um, I think he's certainly. He may be the the second or third best coach in the conference, um, and Embiid like Embiid's not going to win MVP uh, again. Like I cannot unless they're like the one seed by like a big margin. Um, but this is probably what a, a better MVP year would have looked like because like he won last year because people were like, can we really give it to Jokic even though he hasn't won anything when he's clearly the best player. Yeah, like, and they did that with LeBron like a, and all that. The huge yeah. politics in the NBA awards, right? Am right. I right? Like, this may be a he should have won the MVP, but he's not going to because he shouldn't have won it last year type of season for Embiid. Mm. Well, this is but his I mean, way to prove it. All it's all him now. He's the guy, and I think he could be a solid number one, and you know, cement his legacy out there in Philly. Well, he's got to be healthy, and but yeah, though this is the year that like. Like, similar to how Harden has no one else to blame other than him, like, there's nothing else happening. Like, when when they lost to the Raptors, Jimmy left. And then they had Ben Simmons as a scapegoat. And then he got hurt. And then it didn't work out last year with Harden because Harden is Harden. So, like, you always – but there's nobody else. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's on him now. And we'll see who steps up if he can be that special great player. All right, faces. I think we can wrap this up. Um, after February, we'll be doing this on a weekly basis. 
And uh, let us see where this all unfolds. And we'll see in a couple weeks to check in and see um, how this um, season has gone up until, you know, right before the big holiday season boom. So thank you again, Fresh Faces, and we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you, man. This is a very productive conversation. I love Fresh Faces so much. And when we eventually are allowed to say his name, he really is going to be a big deal on this internet. Great commentator, works very hard, and we're very lucky to have him part of our NBA team. Don't forget and and don't forget to check out his content across all social media platforms at Fresh Faces New Ideas. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding the show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, X and Twitter at Pod. Or TikTok at Productive Conversations and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So don't forget to check out our tweet cap on this Feel Good Friday as well. That dropped today as we talk about all the inf- the hilarious things that took place in our world. Bill Belichick post walk of shame. There's a woman rolling around in mud for clout. Uh, Timothy Chalmay's discussed. Kelsey and T Swift go up another level. There's about to be a fight on the Senate floor. Lots of do. Lots to talk about on our tweet cap. Check it out. It also dropped at the same time of our NBA show. And yeah, we are back next week with it. Our Thanksgiving week. We will definitely have an NFL show for you on Wednesday. And we're just ironing out the details when to drop our college football show, which will be very important. I would say there is a there is a very good chance you will see it on Thursday. You'll see it, you will see it at the end of next week. No doubt about it. Talking about the big Ohio State-Michigan game, Alabama-Auburn, um, the second to last regular season week before conference championships begin. And there'll be a lot to get into and discuss. Very, very important stuff. So that'll take place next week going through week 11 of the NFL season, week 12 of college football, and uh, we'll figure out how, what we will do with the tweet cap next week as well. Um, maybe Topic Thunder? We will see. But um, good stuff happening either way. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and be sure to enjoy everything about this life. Thank you to Fresh Faces New Ideas for coming on today. Thank you to Dolo Rene, K. Alex DeJesus for what he does behind the scenes, and I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us no matter what. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast, and I will be seeing you next week. And don't forget to check in on your friends and family. All right, we'll see you soon. Have a great weekend. Peace.